Jamil. Yeah. Jamil is here. He recognizes me. Okay, Jamil's here. I brought him in. He's a huge AEW guy. We are going to strictly talk about the matches in the pay-per-view. When we're done with that, maybe we'll hit on a little bit of something else on the AEW landscape as they do have a blood and guts coming in. I don't even know if we'll get to that, though, because what I want to do is just talk about something that we all dreamed could be possible when we learned of such a thing as New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. And now it has occurred. Jamil is a huge AW guy. Jamil, tell him where you're at. Or in the words of pro wrestling, get your sh- in. Listen, like this is about to be pro wrestling fans wet dream. Right? <laughs> yes. Like the only, the only thing that would be greater than this would literally be AEW versus WWE and then I just think like as we know it will possibly end and we all would just be fine in in this world but no like AEW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling I really just got into New Japan Pro Wrestling after the Wrestle Kingdom that AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura had their match before they left and went to, and went to AEW. That's when I started really, really getting into New Japan pro wrestling. So, like, yes, like, I'm very, very excited for tomorrow. This is about to be one of the greatest pay-per-views and quite possibly the pay-per-view of the So we're going to talk about this after the break. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. We're back. Let's talk. Okay, Forbidden Door. We have the New Japan Dojo, which a dojo system, if you don't know, is they train their pro wrestlers. You could compare it to somewhat of NXT developmental and that's how they train their guys, except this goes back infinity to the beginning of New Japan. And this is how they have built their talent and teach their talent respect. And you learn how to do things. And here we have the New Japan Dojo, DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex Coughlin, Yaya Demura versus the Gun Club and Max Caster. I'm going to take a wild jump here and say the Gun Club and Max Caster go over. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's be clear. The acclaim is literally the most over tag team in, in in pro wrestling right now, and it's literally just off of Max Caster. It's literally just off of Max Caster coming out every time and doing these awesome freestyle raps. And I'm just waiting for um, Anthony Bowens to get over whatever slight injury that he has so that they can finally win the AEW Tag Team Championships. But and, and, but until that time comes, yeah, they definitely taking this match. Okay. What are the other two buy-in matches? Do you remember? Yes, I actually have the list here. So it's Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu um, Kanemaru. Okay, what you got on that? In a close one, it's definitely going to be Keith Lee and, and, and Swerve Strickland. We have to reunite them after they kind of got mad kind of, at each other over the over the Battle Royal, right? Yeah. And, and get them moving in the right direction together. What's the other buy-in? That'd be Keith, um, QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Haruku Goto and um, Yoshihashi. Okay, I'm kind of a Goto mark. 
So I'm hoping that this is the one where they go over. Yeah, no, this this is definitely because one of these three buy-in matches has to have New Japan going over, um, and this is this is the safe bet. I love watching Goto wrestle, man. That dude is physical, and he uh, he came up in the amateur system at the same time as Shin, right? And so when I read Shin's book, it was kind of neat to see when Shinsuke would talk about you know, his high school years and, and college years, you know, that guy's been a stud just like me since yep. the, since the dawn of time or since, you know, ever since I started hooking up with mm-hmm. folks, Goto was right there kicking ass too, you know, and it's, it's yep. neat to see that career. Although Goto's never been able to get over towards that world championship thing and the G1, oh. the G1 has in fact not stood for Goto yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyway, let's move on. Will Ospreay, Orange Cassidy. I originally said this is a weird, weird matchup to ha- to pick Cassidy as the uh, as the guy that Ospreay wrestles. But mm-hmm. then a piece of me said it's going to be a uniquely fun matchup. What do you think about this and who wins? Will Ospreay in a, in a close in a close one because they're not going to get Orange Cassidy the United the the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Championship yet. They're not going to get him the IWGP United States belt yet. And and because of the fact that I, I kind of understood it because of the fact that Orange Cassidy is inadvertently a member of Chaos. This matchup made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Correct. Correct. It's uh, faction warfare. I, I'm still taking. I'm still taking Will Osprey. Okay, who is Zack Saber Jr. going to wrestle? So the mystery opponent is going to be Cesaro, okay. or whatever is that he that that he debuts as, and that's who's winning the match. Oh, Zack Saber Jr. is going to lose. Yes. Wow. That's who's, Cesaro is winning the match in his in his AEW debut. <laughs> I, I think I think Johnny Gargano said yesterday it was completely coincidence that he was booked in Chicago today, which could totally mean it's not. But I think you're right because I, the the skeptic in me thinks that this silhouette of a human in this picture I'm looking at has hair, which yeah. is them trying to throw me off because Cesaro ain't got a lick of hair. Exactly. <laughs> okay, moving on. We got Forbidden Door. This is, uh, as we said, Faction Warfare as Kingston, Yuta, Shota, and man, if I butcher these names, I'm sorry. Yumoni versus Jericho, Suzuki, Guevara. Who wins this? Kingston is going to do something crazy like he did the last time during the Anarchy match. It's going to lead to Jericho, Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara winning this match. Right, Shota eats the pin, and they're going to lose. They're going to Jericho wins this because he always wins everything, which leads us to believe Jericho then has the momentum going into blood and guts, and he will lose the blood and guts. Lose blood and guts, and Jer- and hopefully Kingston will taste his blood because that's weird, man. <laughs> that promo was awesome and weird all at the same time, and you know the, this week every episode ends with just Pier Six brawls. You know, it was like, it was like Tony had been watching Nitro every weekend. I was, I was hemmed up on COVID, uh, two weeks ago. And so I couldn't sleep. So what I do when I can't sleep and it goes back a couple of summers is I pull up old Nitro episodes and they put me out like a light. And I always wake up and it's like 95 people fighting and Tony (laughs) Schiavone can't believe what on earth's going on. And it's the same. 
That happened last Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, strange name, dudes with attitudes. We have you know Sting, Darby, Shingo, and oh, um, Hiromo. Yeah, um, he's fantastic. Hiromo's yeah. fantastic. Versus the Bullet Club, what do you think about this matchup? It's Bullet Club for life. Man, I look at this matchup and I think somehow El Fantasmo might eat the pin. Mm, yeah. Because when, sometimes when you see these matchups and you don't know for sure who's going to win, you just kind of have to go with who, who do you think is, 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 is the guy that will eat the pin. Along those lines... It would be weird to see a Forbidden Door style pay per view and any member that has is associated with Bullet Club losing because they are kind of the precursor to why something like this would exist, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, who do they got? Who who they slide in instead of Ishii for the four way for the the All Atlantic? Yeah, Miro Clark, Pack and Malachi Clark Connors. Clark Connors, or, or as we just said, the guy who's going to eat the pin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins this thing? Bart Connors is definitely eating the pen. Miro is definitely going to walk out as the All Atlantic champion. Is that good? You want you want some uh, my lord promos coming at you? I want God, I want God's favor to return. Now, if the Bastard Pack wins, I'm not going to be mad because I feel like if Miro doesn't win, this is setting up Pack to get his first ever championship in All Elite. Um, uh, his first ever single championship in all elite wrestling. So yeah. Also, I any of these three winning, they're all fantastic at promos. They're all fantastic. You know, Malachi is is next level promo guy. Weirdo. Let's follow mm-hmm. him to the evilness of the world. And Pac is so great at hey, I'm going to turn this into something that you don't want any of. And then Miro mm-hmm. has become this strange. I'm motivated by my adverse adverse relationship with the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun when any one of them is in charge of something. So give them any of them a belt, and I'm ready to go. Now we that have works. this the, the only women's match, which is a little weird to me. I thought, and conceptually, I thought you know you make a phone call to Stardom and you give us something, right? But maybe they did, and Stardom didn't have anybody. I don't know. I don't right. get all that, but I do think it's weird we have all of this wrestling because I have a feeling that this pay per view is going to go from Sunday at seven to round about Tuesday with all the matches. <laughs> but um, so who's gonna win? Who's who's gonna win this thing? Tony Storm or uh, Thunder Rosa? I, I think this is one. This one's actually going to be a shocker, and I think Tony Storm's going to walk out as AEW Women's Champion, and I think Tony Storm is is going to be the three to four month transitional champion that eventually sets us up for Jay Cargill to be AEW women's champion. Tony winning is the chain of events that leads to Cargill being the biggest thing in AEW wrestling that isn't John Moxley. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I love Thunder Rosa. I, I, I banged the drum for her up until she beat Brick. I don't understand why the matchups I've enjoyed haven't made her more of a can't miss champion than it has. I think mm-hmm. maybe a, a problem with that was I'd already seen her wrestle some of those matchups. Like so, when she's wrestling, indeed, it's not the second time, and this time it's for it, it, you know we've seen it before, and it's hard to mix and match there. Whereas <laughs> Storm is a perfect wrestler to have in your company to be a transitional champion. Like she could be the person. Like you keep you keep building people to be the face of your division 
And if you keep her for four years, she gets three title reigns in there. Literally. You know what I mean? Because she hands it over to your face. Um, did you see where she made like ten grand the first two hours of her member? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, good, good for her, right? I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, and don't tell anybody this. We're going to keep this a secret, all right? If I could make ten grand in two hours wearing a bathing suit online, I would be wearing a bathing suit online for many hours. Let's see how much more money I can make. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Now, winner takes all. IWGP World Tag Team Title Match. We have Cobb and the Great Ocon, which I'm a big fan of. I'm assuming you are. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Rapungi Vice, where where we have the greatest rapper alive, <laughs> <laughs> and we have FTR. Who wins this? The greatest tag team in the world wins this match and starts their belt collector gimmick. I love it. I love <laughs> what you're saying to me and I like I like the idea that we gotta keep Rocky Romero available for that world tour. Yes. Because <laughs> the stadiums of the summer deserve the Rocky Romero world tour. So. We are missing Hangman Page versus Kazuchika Okada. Versus Adam Cole versus Jay White. <laughs> what a matchup! I, now I want this to be pointed out that I that when Okada came out at Dynamite, that I called they were going to do a fatal four way match. <laughs> you did immediately for the IWGP World Heavyweight Title. This is the hardest one. Like literally, this is the. <clears throat> I can tell you who I know for certain isn't going to win this match, and it's Adam Cole. Yeah, he eats the pin. Yeah, Adam Cole's not winning this match. He's possibly going to be the person to take. I feel like this might be a sleeper match where they do the unexpected, and I think that Hangman Adam Page walks out as IWGP Heavyweight Champion. That that sounds that sounds great, crazy. It really does, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I kind of like the concept of Paige who suddenly just went away out of the blue being in the midst of this and then coming out a champion. I think that the result of the match has to happen due to something that happens between Jay and Adam, whether that means Hangman and Okada knock each other out and they're out of the ring and Jay puts Cole down, whether that means Cole hits Okada with a super kick, he flips over the top rope, and then he eats – Jay White's finisher or Hangman's buckshot, something like that. I feel like Cole is Cole is the thing that happens just before the pin. Whether right. it's Jay White or Hangman, I don't know. I don't see Okada winning this. No. And no. it's weird to me because he is considered widely the greatest wrestler in the world. So it's weird that I don't think he wins this. It just... The only look, I love Jay White. I think he's the greatest heel. Yeah, especially if like I love Seth Rollins in the WWE, and if that is too clownish for you, I get it. Mm. Which would mean to me, Jay White's got to be your guy, right? Because because you know that's what they're they're opposites, but they get the same thing done, and that I want them to lose. Yeah, right. Well, I don't. I actually want them both to win, but I get you, you get where I'm coming from. But yeah. so I, I see I, it's hard for me to fathom Jay winning this belt and then turning around and losing it quickly. But mm-hmm. also, it 
Jay winning the belt last month makes this match far more interesting, especially if he loses. So I like where you're going with Hangman being the peculiar winner and getting to go over there and defend some. And he's the perfect guy to be your ambassador around the world. He's he's an odd human in that he's this strangely I, I want correct me if I'm wrong, strangely liberal cowboy. Yes. You know, and that kind of makes him in an odd way the kind of guy that everybody can get behind. Right? I like boots and I also like you know, humanity. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to be on both shows. And he gets to be on both shows as as a cha- as a champion. Yes. Know? Yes. Yeah, like I just I don't know. Like I just I feel like I also feel like him losing to CM Punk at double or nothing was what this it was setting him up for this. Cause correct now y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Heyman's never been IWGP world heavyweight champion. Exactly. Exactly. It was almost like AEW was created for Hangman to be a champion. A lot of times that's what we thought early on. You know, maybe Cody wins it even though they wind up going a different direction. Jericho wins it first because he's he legitimizes all of this. Moxley wins it next. But the story winds up being the homegrown talent we build. And then when we take that away from him, mm-hmm. allowing him to get what he could not have before is a neat way to take that character. I learned something from losing to Punk. Speaking yeah. of Punk, though, his injury put things in a weird way. It winds up giving us Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Moxley, who has been very much in the news this week as he did a Sports Illustrated interview, which was fantastic, and he explained his substance abuses, and if that is a thing that you deal with, it is a thing I deal with, as I've been sober for a long time, but you never stop dealing with it, and read the article. He sat down with his wife, who is a fantastic interviewer. I love Renee. She helps him explain who he is and why he is and how he had to change things and how hard that was. Either one of those are neat things for you to do, but that just really makes it hard for me to believe when he unloads every bit of his soul to the world, he doesn't win this match. <laughs> John Moxley is John Moxley is walking out as AEW World Champion, and that match between him and CM Punk, whenever CM Punk returns, is going amazing. <laughs> right, I'm with yeah. you. I feel like John was the most important signee when AEW started. Because because in a way, Hangman was hanging with his buddies anyway. So he was coming, right? He was going to come. The Bucks were here. Cody's here. Those are his people. He's got to come. Jericho comes because, let's just be honest, Jericho was never winning a title again in WWE. He was going to be wrestling your Fandangos, which he complained about greatly when anybody would listen to at WrestleManias. He was going to be wrestling actors he was going to be dealing with which is a good way to make a living as Sami Zayn he's very fond of it but okay. Jericho thought he could do more here he has been able to be I I don't he I don't love what Jericho does now but I do realize he is a needle mover I realize that he was the perfect first champion but Mox was the guy they needed to make okay. it legitimate the biggest thing the WWE had done in recent memory, was The Shield. As we have seen, the biggest thing in wrestling outside of AEW are Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. 
The Shield still runs pro wrestling. Run pro wrestling. <laughs> that they they that they debuted at Survivor Series 2011. I said 2012. I said they would be running. They would be running the WWE before it's all said and done. And now they just run. They run pro wrestling. All three of them. And Moxley, we forgot that he was the most important thing because Punk comes in and Brian comes in and all these other things come in and he winds up being in this really fun buddy cop thing with Eddie Kingston and then he turns around and we start the Black Blackpool Combat Club. Yes, your favorite. We start the Blackpool Combat Club. He's in a tag team all of a sudden and he's willing to step aside. He has to leave for a bit, so starting back in tag teams and in these faction warfare things makes sense. But due to the, due to Punk's injury, we put him back on top. And like you said, when Punk comes back, I, I can't see him losing the belt prior to Punk returning. He mm-hmm. has to be. He has to be the gatekeeper for this talent that decided. Oh, AEW worked out. I'll go there now. Yeah, because he went when nobody knew. Mm-hmm. So he has to be the gatekeeper to stop the punks and the guys like that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a real life thing. We're talking storyline. Correct. We're talking kayfabe. You can go into that when we were told to come to the main roster, and it's amazing that you knew they were going to run pro wrestling because that tells me you saw through the turtlenecks. Not everybody I did, did. <laughs> <laughs> but but punk left. Punk said, I need this. I need this right here. I'm going to help. I'm going to turn this into something. And then he walked out the door on those guys, too. Yeah. And it's a stretch. It's a it's a Reed Richards-style stretch to turn that into a program. But John Moxley can turn it into not a Reed Richards-style stretch. He can make it seem very legitimate. He can – this can be great. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. I, Blood and Guts, did they win the, they win the Blood and Guts ma- match after that? Yes. Moxley wins everything he walks into the ring with until Punk walks in the door. He feels dominant when Punk comes back, correct? Yeah. Right? And, and, and Moxley being champion solidifies um, Blackpool Combat Club as a legitimate faction in AEW. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, oddly enough, you know, Moxley, when he came into this company, he had been working with a personal trainer. He had put on muscle, and he felt like this human bulldog. Mm-hmm. And he lost the weight when he went to rehab. But that rehab stint, in reality, gives the kayfabe person even more strength. Because you know this is a man who, no matter what you've thrown at him, he has answered the bell at every call. Whether it be, I have to answer the bell for my child or it be I have to answer the bell because Eddie Kingston's the most important friend I have. Right. You know, whether we're talking kayfabe or humanity, you know, it, I just love where we're at in this. You? Yeah. And and John and John Moxley also John Moxley is the he's the best wrestler. He's the best wrestler in pro wrestling this year. It's like literally after he came back from the rehab stint, every match that he's went into, it's just been it's it's been remarkable whether his match with him and Brian Danielson, whether the 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 top three most awesome tag team matches this year, him and CM Punk versus FTR, like that was 
that was incredible. Right. And, and right. in the anarchy match, like it makes sense for John Moxley to be AEW champion right now. Right. Well, this is a topic for another day. I think there's an argument that Seth Rollins has had that that level of performances. The peculiar thing with Rollins is he never wins, right? He, he, he literally keeps going on this role, and yet he never, never wins. But it lends itself to, and the argument for Mox, of course, is he hasn't only done it as a singles wrestler. He hasn't only done it as a tag team wrestler. He's done it with main event guys, and he's done it like Udo is a main event guy because of a match he had with John Moxley. And that's where Seth hasn't really had to do that. He's had to recreate himself in scenarios, but he's still wrestling Edge. He's still wrestling Cody. He's wrestling top, top level guy. And, and Mox has been able to do these things wrestling and over. Yes. Yeah. But, but putting them over without, they're, they're getting over without going over. Exactly. Right. And that's his opponents are getting over without going over. The Rollins thing, he's literally getting over himself without going over as he's looking yeah. at the roof after every match somehow or another. That's a weird. This is totally different, but it's so weird that maybe you know Rollins has what I believe is a fairly storied career, as does Mox, as does Roman. Okay, but maybe Seth's greatest moment was when he loses to a guy with a torn pectoral. Real sports: if you lose to a guy that can't lift his arm, you're a numbskull. In what we love, the script storytelling. Seth was able to go out there and give us this magnificent match with this injured person, which really the onus winds up being on him to make the performance matter. But I'll tell you who else could have done that? John Moxley. Literally. You know, and there's a reason why I firmly believe, I believe they never broke up in my heart. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. The Shield didn't break up. They just realized that um, in order for Mosley to get the real true respect that he deserved, he had to go somewhere else. And he had to do the one thing he said he always wanted to do, and that is be able to wrestle anywhere that he wants to in the world. Right. And John has a, and I'm not knocking him for it, but he does have a little bit of that, uh, I want to put myself through agony and pain. And I, he he wants to be able to go do a GCW match if he feels yeah. like it. He wants to be able to be in a match where we're going to explode the building if we feel like it. Those things just don't happen in WWE. you know. Yeah. And, and so he had to leave to fulfill his destiny. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Roman had to get complete control of his character so that so that he could say, "Look, you know, I I've had cancer. I can't be dealing with these scenarios. But if you want me to come back, you gotta let me be in complete charge, totally of my character." Uh. And when he got control of his character, he gets to become what he is. And Seth, on the other hand, I think he had to marry Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And she had to say, maybe you should meet my my tailor. Because that unleashed this weird human that was in there. Because, you know, Seth is a, he is a black shirt, black pants, black hat guy at all times. And so for him to become the face of color crayon suits is so yeah. weird. But Mox is so perfect. And you should be excited. You're, so, you're over the moon right now. I am. Yeah. I am. 
Yeah, it's the strangest thing, and I don't know that my whole life, and this includes, uh, this is, I mean, we've never talked about this, but um, this includes my battles with sobriety as, 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 a, as a 30-year-old when I decided I really screwed up for like 15 years, mm-hmm. and I had to change everything. I still went to watching, to be honest with you, AJ Styles got me sober. Nobody think knows that. I, I, I had a t- DVD of his, and I would just put it in and watch him kill it in TNA, the DVD that I had from TNA, and just watch him wrestle because I couldn't yep. get to sleep because for the first time in my life or, or my adult life, I wasn't drinking myself to sleep. And, mm. and so that would allow me to, and like I told you, now I do it with Nitro because that shit will put you to sleep. <laughs> 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 but my, my my point is a lot of people in the world right now are dealing with frustration levels that that they don't they don't want to deal with covid's not that far removed like i i spent 10 days in a room sleeping on a six by three mattress because i couldn't be about around my wife because she couldn't get get it because she was the only person who could leave the house uh obviously what's happened recently with the united states judiciary supreme court system and all of that frustrates a lot of us wrestling is the one thing where i can escape to and they give me storylines and it's not if i'm rooting for the mets or the knicks or the if i'm rooting for the knicks i'm obviously sad all the time but if i'm rooting for golden state or whatever these are scripts that play out in real time and if my team loses, I don't get to be happy. The beautiful thing about a rock concert, a hip-hop concert, a new hip-hop album dro- dropping, which you do sometimes, a wrestling program, is when it's over, you're entertained, and you don't have to blame someone or or anything like that. Everybody gets to be happy. Yeah. Even if the, even in wrestling, the beautiful thing is, too, you can take solace in the bad guy winning because that is the setup for the hero journey that you're looking forward to, you know, and th- th- those two uh, styles of entertainment, music and wrestling, they get to reward your soul in a way to me that is very unique. It's absolutely the greatest feeling in the world. I-, I always tell people that there is an actual art to pro wrestling. The moment in pro wrestling that let me know that there was an art to pro wrestling was um, me being... 10, 11 years old and living in Atlanta and TBS did this entire marathon on Thanksgiving Eve leading into Thanksgiving Day of WCW matches. And this was literally like, so this had to be like 91, 90, 91. And the last match that they played was Sting versus Ric Flair at Clash of the Champions. And you're kid. I sat and watched that match and like, I was like, this, this, this is what, this is what wrestling really is. Right. I was like, I, other stuff that they try to give me over at the, at the other place. Right. This, this is what wrestling is. And I always appreciated what actually went, what actually goes on in the ring. Right. More. Yeah. The beauty of, of the new Japan style of wrestling is we get those stories very, uh, bell to bell centric. And, mm-hmm. and you know the American version is we uh, we set up the story outside of the ring, and then we get if it's done really correctly, the first part of a match will retell 
what we learned in promos. Yeah. And then we'll have a stretch run and a finish. And whether it be the hero journey or the heel going over, you get this really wonderful experience for the fan. And I go piggybacking on, I think I'm going to wrap it on this. I remember because you're talking about Thanksgiving Day. I remember Flair was talking about doing a show Thanksgiving. I want to say it was Thanksgiving Day. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But, mm. you know, it's the four horsemen versus, you know, whoever the baby faces are. And Ole is telling Rick, we need to kick their asses the whole time and then take it home. And Rick yeah. is telling Ole, why would we need to get why would we need to get any of our shit in? He's, These people are coming here to enjoy a show. The bad guys are gonna win. We're gonna yeah. cheat in the end and we're gonna win. We're gonna sl- stroll out of here. Yeah. Allow them to cheer for twenty minutes before we bit before we take their hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, they paid good money to release their anxieties. Let's at least let them release all their anxieties for twenty minutes, and then we'll then we'll take their heart at the end. <laughs> only, okay. but only was just like, no, let's just kick their ass the whole time. <laughs> okay, Jamil, thank you so much for being on. Tell people where they can find you. Um, you can find me at Jamal Steel J A M A L D E E L E on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's it. Like I, I, of course I enjoy always popping up on the, uh, popping up on the podcast with you. It's Thank dope. You. It's, and, um, forbidden door. Tomorrow. Forbidden door tomorrow. Let's do it. Let's enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a wonderful weekend and we will talk pro wrestling again next week. Thank you.